This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's your weekly blitz with Chris, keeping you in the game. Coming to you from the crossroads of industry knowledge and business innovation, this is the Weekly Blitz, hosted by me, Coach Chris Cotton from Autofix Auto Shop Coaching. The Weekly Blitz is the show that supercharges your auto repair business knowledge, helping you navigate the labyrinth of the automotive world, giving you the tools and the tips you need to steer your business to success. Each week, we deliver an episode jam-packed with insider know-how, industry developments, practical business strategies, and surprising things you didn't know you didn't know. The Weekly Blitz is brought to you by Shop Marketing Pros. I've been personally recommending Shop Marketing Pros since way before they were a podcast sponsor. They also do most, if not all, of my clients' marketing, and they should be doing yours as well. Many of my coaching clients work with Shop Marketing Pros and see results like they've never seen from other marketers. To learn more about their top-tier marketing for top-tier shops, see their link in the show notes or go to shopmarketingpros.com forward slash Chris. So whether you're a seasoned veteran or a starter in the game, this podcast is your owner's manual to running a successful independent auto repair shop. Now strap yourselves in, turn the key, and let's hit the gas. This is quite the topic this week. I don't know, might ruffle some feathers, but I see a couple of spots in here where I still need to grow. And so we're putting this podcast out in order for you to grow as well. I recently had an issue with the owner who has pulled back from the business meeting with the partner, I've discovered that maybe they haven't been telling me the truth or been truthful in some of the things that we've been talking about. They're starting to skip meetings, miss phone calls. Usually that's a sign of the owner checking out or we're really working on some touchy subjects. And in order to duck me, as far as the accountability part of the process goes, they're just missing. And so I was thinking about that and Usually when I'm working all day, I have my headphones on. I'm listening to music, listening to podcasts, news, things like that. And recently I listened to a podcast or an interview with Jordan Peterson. And he was talking about weak men. And that got me to thinking about weak owners and some of the things that they do. So I went through here, made my notes, and I'm going to talk about weak owners. Originally, it was titled Weak Men, but... About 30 to 35% of my clients are women shop owners, female-led shop owners. So I really had to change the verbiage and go to weak owners in order to be fair. Dealing with a, a female shop owner is a little bit different, but sometimes it's very much the same. I'm going to go through this. If you are an employee, you may notice weak ownership. And in the technician survey that I've done, that's an issue with some owners out there. Some of the reasons why they're leaving the industry is ownership is weak. Ownership slash leadership is weak. Again, I hope to go through this list, identify some of these things for you. And then if you notice you're doing some of these things, you have to figure out a way to correct it. Okay. First of all, who are weak owners and and what do they do? What are their characteristic traits? So weak owners are those who make cowardly decisions and then act on them. They judge other people without recognizing their own faults. They're inappropriately selfish. They fear failure and rejection to almost a problematic degree. They also lash out over different viewpoints or disagreements. And they also like to be the center of attention in their relationships. Ultimately, weak owners have malleable, shallow characters, and they've yet to learn how to weather life storms, really. It's experience, working on your things and moving forward. Sometimes it's a lack of maturity out of which they'll grow. Other times you have pathological laziness, 
and in curiousness, those are going to stunt emotional and behavioral growth. What are the signs of a weak business owner? We've defined the term, so now let's unpack it. So characteristics of a weak business owner are, number one, they don't love themselves. You've heard the cliche that we humans are incapable of loving others if we can't love ourselves. And while it's not a foolproof formula, the adage is steeped in truth. Remember that life is a roller coaster, ups and downs happen. So try not to confuse a rough patch with an incurable case of self-pity. Oftentimes you hear me talk about the lack of self-worth that owners have or feel that they don't have any value. I really think that ties into this number one. Number two, they don't keep their word. Strong owners are more responsible than they are reckless. Conversely, the promises and actions of weak owners rarely align. They repeatedly underdeliver and let life live them instead of the other way around. Things arise. Nobody keeps their word 100% of the time. Life is way too complicated for that level of personal precision. But an owner that does things or says things and doesn't follow up, it's not a great thing. Number three, they're actually competitive with you. A pinch of healthy competition between owners and employees is what's fine. It's fun even. Setting goals and reaching them, those are all positive things. But what happens when somebody crosses the line? Does your success bring your owner down? How do they react to your good news? Do they have difficulty being genuinely pleased for you? Hyper-competitive people, whether friends, colleagues, or romantic partners, are challenging. Uh, That's in part because it signals a heightened level of insecurity. They attach so much value to winning and being the best that they never get to know themselves, ultimately rendering them weak-willed. This is a big one for me. Number four, they lack empathy. Strong owners are in touch with their thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Resultantly, they easily extend compassion and grace to other individuals. On the other side of the locker room, though, are the weak owners, and they cling to their machismo and whatever else at all costs. These are the people who see empathy and sympathy as weaknesses. Owners with puny characters, they also judge harshly and frequently jump to the least generous conclusions. As an owner, you should be aware of yourself, but as an employee, you should be aware of owners who talk a big game about kindness, but swan around like arrogant despots. Performative compassion is the opposite of genuine care and concern. Number five brings up a lot of conversations that I've had, usually with other owners and other businessmen, businesswomen. Number five is to defy the laws of finance and economics. I see it and hear it all the time. We've got a down market, capital's tight, customers are hard to find, competition's tough, but their business is doing great, setting records every month. And I'm not saying that your business can't set records every month. Sometimes talking to those people, something just doesn't smell right because it isn't, right? Something stinks, but the owner's not telling. And nobody knows until the owner's down for the count, dragging down a list of creditors with them. Sometimes employees don't get paid. Really, you need to listen and think about that. Number six, they never consider the future. If your owner doesn't think about the future, you may want to step back and reevaluate the relationship you have with that business because an owner with no vision is a sign of weakness. I'm not suggesting that everyone needs to be an aspiring billionaire or best-selling author. Many people's version of the ideal life doesn't involve the spot, the spotlight or piles of money, but there should be some sort of look to the future. Always start with the end in mind. Number seven, they're overly concerned with appearances. I see this as a big issue in the industry. By this, is the owner overly concerned with how they look or appear to the Joneses and by Joneses, other business owners? Does the owner obsess on exemplifying a persona to these other people that really have no bearing on their actual business? Not to point anybody out by name, but I see a lot of owners going to meetings, 
They get pumped up. It's all about the car they drive. Oh, I'm adding location number three, four, and five when location one is not ready to go, not good on their own. But in the world, on Facebook, everywhere else, it looks great. And then you get all these things where, oh man, you're doing so awesome. But really, it's just a duck and their feet under the lake are just paddling like crazy. So just take care of your business, take care of your employees, and don't get tied up into the way it looks to everybody else. Okay. Number eight, owner's too jealous. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that jealousy is always a bad thing. Depending on the situation, it can be effective and powerful emotion in small doses. But a perpetually suspicious owner stuck in a permanent state of envy is almost always lugging around a weak character. Number nine, they're passive aggressive. A well-placed passive aggressive comment can sometimes, you know, tickle the funny bone. But beyond exercises and clever witticism, Passive-aggressive behavior is exhausting and a sign of emotional weakness. Strong, mentally healthy people traffic in clarity. Number 10, they blame others for everything. Granted, many new owners are still trying to find themselves and haven't mastered the art of acknowledging and addressing their faults. But if you have an owner that never takes accountability and blames everyone else for every hiccup and misstep, interpret their immaturity as a sign of weakness. Number 11, they don't make you feel safe. Again, we're not talking about an owner's physical capacity. Safety isn't all about strength, brawn, or fighting skills. Instead, consider if they keep you emotionally unsteady. Are they a different person from one day to the next? And this affects you positively or negatively. That's a form of manipulation common among malleable characters. Number 12, they flat out make terrible decisions. Every choice we make won't be right and everyone blossoms at different rates. But people well into adulthood who perpetually make reckless, thoughtless decisions may be struggling with immaturity that's eroding their personal strength. They're conflict avoidant to a fault. Sometimes it's better to let sleeping dogs lie, but an owner who runs away from uncomfortable conversations and brushes every issue under the carpet, is definitely cause for concern. It's a sign that they're not interested in building a firm relationship foundation and they're only focused on protecting their own feelings, hence a symptom of a weak character. (laughs) Number 14, this probably should have been cut out, but they're a snobby people pleaser Typically, there's two types of people pleasers, vulnerable and status obsessed. Folks who fall into the former category typically have a strong urge to be accepted and their motivations are pure. Sometimes it's stressful and soul crushing, but pure nonetheless. Snobby people pleasers who do it for the clout are a different story. They're sucking up for status and that sucking up for status is a sign of a weak character. Number 15, they're a terrible listener. This is one of the ones that I have trouble with pointing the finger at myself. I try to get better every day. Number 15, they're a terrible listener. Terrible listening skills can be a sign of self-centeredness. People preoccupied with themselves tend not to care about others' lives, whether they realize it or not. They have one-track minds. It's a sign of weakness. Performative concern is another variation of this fault. One One of the barriers to being a listener to me was when I'm in a coaching call, if I don't have both ears covered up and I hear something outside, I will definitely focus in on that. If I'm in a group of people and I'm trying to have a conversation, my protection mind is watching what everybody else in the room's doing. That's a whole different character flaw for me. I'm making sure that everybody's safe, making sure that nobody's coming in to attack us all. And that comes off as a terrible listener. Promise I'm listening. I really have to focus in on you when we're together. So that's how I've overcome that. And that's how I'm working on it. Number 16, they never make plans. Owners with enfeebled characters rarely, if ever, make plans. Instead, they leave it up to everybody else. Why is that? 
because they're not confident in their abilities and have trouble taking the lead. That said, out of all the signs of weakness in an owner, plan paralysis is the least harmful and easiest to overcome. It just usually takes a little confidence engendered by a bit of encouragement. Number 17, they don't defend you. You want to work with someone who sticks up for you, right? Weak owners won't. They're too concerned with how everything makes them look and assume a wishy-washy stance when faced with confrontation. Basically see all of the things above that, that go into that. Number 18, they expect you to treat them better than they treat you. Expecting someone to treat you better than you treat them is a form of narcissism. And extreme narcissism is a glaring indicator of a corrosive character. For relationships to work, both parties must follow the golden rule and treat their partners like they want to be treated. Think service, think servant leadership. Just a second, I'm going to give a shout out to Brian, Kim, and JR at Shop Marketing Pros. I think they do a great job of servant leadership, not only with their employees, but with their clients and customers. If you're looking for a marketing company to take you to the next level, somebody that holds themselves accountable to you, even when you don't know what to hold them accountable for, Shop Marketing Pros is a place to go. Top tier marketing for top tier shops. Number 19, they never get angry. Does the owner always go along for the ride? Do they always acquiesce? It could signify that they lack convictions, which can signal that they have yet to form a strong personality. I'm not suggesting that everyone must be a constantly battling bulldozer. Some people are easygoing, a wonderful trait, but someone who never gets angry may not know themselves and may not know how to lead others. Number 20, they're perpetually complaining. We all deserve to vent now and again, and yes, that includes complaining, but when whining becomes a perpetual and prominent part of someone's personality, it may signal a lack of character. Be careful, though, not to confuse standing up for one's rights as victimhood or complaining. This, to me, is the Eeyore-type personality. Oh, not again, blah, blah, blah. To roll this back, what makes an owner weak? Weakness of character can be a temporary or permanent situation. And truth be told, we all weather personality, behavioral, and mental health storms. How do they come about? Mental health struggles. Anyone who's dealt with mental health hurdles knows they can severely impact a person's outlook, decision-making, and problem-solving skills. Essentially, they're distorting and, and have the power to erode confidence. Fear of fitting in. One of the top human worries is not fitting in. We're biologically conditioned to be accepted. Someone living amongst another tribe may be frightened with stress, which negatively impacts their character. Overindulgent or traumatic childhoods. Weak characters can be born from both traumatic and overindulgent childhoods and life events. Notably, however, individuals who suffer hardships in their early years are more likely to overcome challenges through psychological work than those who are merely spoiled. Here's my final thought. If you want to err on the side of energetic caution and keep your karma straight, it's vital to remember that everyone must navigate challenging rapids during their lifetimes and we all have our weak seasons, but it may be time to reevaluate your current status quo if the situation is draining and your relationship with an emotionally weak owner is anything but satisfying. Hey everybody, I truly believe in the power of knowledge and collaboration to drive success and I trust that the insights we've shared today can empower you to take your auto repair business to the next level. We're incredibly grateful for all of our listeners. Your commitment to learning, growth, and improvement is what keeps us doing what we do and we never forget that. We also want to thank our incredible sponsor, Shop Marketing Pros, for making the show possible. Their dedication to the success of independent auto repair shops like yours is truly unparalleled. Shop Marketing Pros provides top-tier marketing for top-tier shops just like yours. Remember, success doesn't come to you. You have to go out and get it. It's about making strategic decisions, fostering effective management, and continuously seeking to educate yourself and your team. That's what the Weekly Blitz is all about, and we're committed to being a resource for you every step of the way. 
Join us next week as we continue to provide actionable insights, expert advice, and real-world stories from the trenches of the auto repair industry. Don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast with fellow shop owners, and leave us a review if you enjoyed today's episode. As always, if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle in an upcoming episode, please get in touch, chris at autofixsos.com. Your input is what shapes this show. Until next time, I'm Chris Cotton signing off. Keep your gears running smoothly. Keep learning. Keep growing. Remember, in this business, every day is a chance to get better. Here's to your continued success. As always, it's time to rise and grind, everybody. You've been listening to The Weekly Blitz with Coach Chris Cotton on the aftermarketradionetwork.com. Follow Chris on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Chris is all for advancing the aftermarket.